Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode seven of the From the Outside with Sarah Steep podcast. I am Sarah Crosscut, the host and creator of this podcast and the owner and facilitator of From the Outside, a series of plant and nature-based lessons that helps us to cultivate a deeper relationship to the natural world, ourselves, and each other. In addition, I'm a published environmental writer. My work has been included in several anthologies published by Plants and Poetry Journal, www.plantsandpoetry.org, and Wild Roof Journal, www.wildroofjournal.com. You can learn more and find links on my website, www.fromtheoutsidellc.com. In this episode seven, Love, we explore another mushroom of our fairy circle, the fruiting bodies of feelings and emotions that help us to cultivate and deepen our relationship with nature and ourselves. Inspired by this unique and magical phenomenon found in the natural world, I have created a model or a means in which we as humans can connect more purposefully and intentionally with nature. So love, this is a big one. I wasn't sure exactly which, which direction I was going to go when I was putting together this episode. An infinite, intense, indescribable, impassioned, implicit emotion. Love is immeasurable in its forms and inexhaustible in its intensity. For me, Love has often seemed inaccessible. As a child, I grew up in a very turbulent household. Love, as well as other positive feelings and emotions, were not readily acknowledged, expressed, or validated. My positive childhood memories are centered around outdoor activities with my father. And although my mother was a gifted gardener, and we had beautiful gardens, flowers, and vegetables, and roses... It was not an activity she shared lovingly with me. I was often just given chores to do that were garden related. And as I remember, the garden was her sanctuary and her therapy. I do believe she loved and held sacred her time spent in her garden. As I have mentioned in previous episodes, that for as long as I can remember, In general, I have felt a deeper relationship to nature than to humans. As a child, I turned to nature in respite and refuge. I could give voice to my feelings and emotions when they were shut down at home. I felt some sense of self-worth connecting to the natural world with my curiosity and knowledge. As ironic as it sounds, nature was predictable and safe to me much more so than my environment at home. I could assess my risk in nature much more accurately than in my home environment. So in my home environment, expressing emotion or reactions to behaviors were very unpredictable. I tapped into nature's harmony and balance and to her rhythm and cycles. I knew that when thunderclouds built up and the storms came and went, the sun rose and set, that all seemed predictable to me. 
I loved nature in all of its beauty, wonder, and interconnectedness. I still do. Nature is magic, and it is within our connection to its form and function where we discover or rediscover our own magic, our purpose, our voice, our soul, our authentic self, whatever you want to call it. Love begins deep within ourselves. It begins in unearthing our often buried voice, talents, and gifts. It begins with cultivating our authentic self. Self Self-love is the seed. In my essay, Love, I reflect on my childhood and my connection to nature. From the time I was a small child, it has been all about the love. Deep within my center is a wellspring of unconditional love. It has been the source of my relationship with nature and humanity. Love manifests in me as patience, kindness, loyalty, and compassion. It grounds and connects me firmly and deeply to the earth. Love is the lens through which I view the world. My intense love for nature has been present since I can remember. As a young child, I spent hours each day outdoors. I had a fort of trees. Oh, how I love the trees. I still do. The forest is still my refuge. I instilled the love of nature in my children, and each of them has a deep personal connection to the earth. Both my parents loved the outdoors. My father's sense of adventure and fun was always evident as we embarked on ski trips, sailing voyages, bike hikes, and plane rides. But my love of plants was gifted from my mother. My mother always had beautiful gardens, bountiful vegetables, fragrant roses, a vibrant variety of texture and color. She canned our garden's excess gifts that we savored all winter. Her hands were always rough, gardener's hands. Gardening was her therapy. She is 88 years old, wheelchair bound with end-stage dementia, but I know she must still long to be outside working in her garden. For my mother, it was about the process, small everyday tasks of gardening that brought her joy, the weeding, watering, pruning, raking, and mowing. She made sacred the process of tending her garden. Each task brought joy, wholeness, healing, and connection. I understand her deep love for gardening and its spiritual transformation, as I also honor each step of my own adventures in the natural world. Deep within each of us is a love, a love for something, gifted to our souls, our authentic selves from the moment we were conceived. It is our divine gift, our essence. As children, our gift is transparent and unmistakable, but over time it becomes clouded and blurred. We become distracted by suggestions, influenced by others, and often oppressed by the chatter in our own head. How can we return to what we love, uncover our gift, and live our fullest, most abundant life? We must sit in stillness, solitude, and silence, center ourselves, and listen to the faint whispers that come from the heart. We must fully engage in those activities that manifest joy, peace, harmony, and most of all, love. 
embracing and making sacred each step along our journey, learning to love ourselves first, cultivating our relationship with our authentic self and honoring and celebrating our divine gift is the bridge to living our most light-filled, joyful, magnificent existence. This essay was published in issue 12 of Wild Roof Journal, which you can access at www.wildroofjournal.com. It is a wonderful environmental publication, online publication with poetry, visual art, and um, essays, if you are interested in that type of environmental writing. So if love is the seed, unearthing it, sowing it, cultivating it, and then rooting ourselves lovingly in our bodies, our feelings, emotions, and vulnerability gives us a strong substrate from which to grow. We can grow through our layers of darkness and stand sturdy amidst life's perturbations and disturbances. We can fertilize our roots and cultivate our creativity in seeking out simple joy and beauty. This growth process is a nurturing process. Just observe a seedling germinate and grow. It is work, even in the most perfect of conditions. Peeling back all our layers requires inward patience, compassion, tenderness, and grace. Nature does it daily. And remember, we are nature. We can tap into nature's wisdom, even when other places in our life seem chaotic. We can connect purposefully and intentionally to the natural world around us. We can use nature's processes as our guide. A couple summers ago, I visited the Four Corners area of the southwestern part of the United States. I was fascinated by the beautiful flora, the cacti. Um, It was so different than here on the East Coast. However, it was the dark, seemingly lifeless soil that really captured my attention. And I wrote about it in this next essay titled Hidden Life. Recently, I spent some time hiking the Colorado Plateau region centered in the Four Corners area of the western part of the United States. Living along the East Coast for the last few decades, I was delighted to discover the distinctively different desert flora, the spectacular species of succulents, copious collections of cacti, and prolific populations of scented sagebrush and lush lavender were captivating. Equally as engaging was the curious collagenous crust that conceals the colorful terracotta soil. This biological crust, or cryptobiotic soil crust, is a complex community of living organisms on the soil surface that is a critical component in shaping arid and semi-arid ecosystems across the globe. Crypto means hidden and biota refers to life. Surprisingly, this seemingly superficial surface is significant in retaining soil moisture and preventing erosion. It is often referred to as the protector of the desert. Like other types of soils, 
Cryptobiotic soil crust is created through the cooperation of countless small organisms, including micro fungi, lichens, mosses, green algae, and bacteria. Its most bountiful biological life form is the ancient blue-green algae, or cyanobacteria. Cyanobacteria are dormant when the soil is dry. When it is wet, cyanobacteria move through the soil, stitching together an intricate web of sticky fibers and small soil particles that shape the crucial crust. This continuous, thick, cribiform living layer reduces evaporation, resists erosion, regulates water absorption, and anchors an array of other organisms that promote plant growth. Young soil crusts are lighter in color, but mature crusts, often thousands of years old, appear darker, blackened, and bumpy. Crust development varies in time and depends on soil structure, texture, and chemistry, elevation, microclimate, and disturbances to the landscape, including humans. Cryptobiotic soil crusts are far-reaching and extraordinarily fragile. They shield and sustain the unique flora of the desert. As humans, we are also tender. At times, we may conceal our true character under the depths of a dark, cryptic crust. Often our inky, heavy crust is a covert, convoluted web constructed from our tears of unresolved trauma, stories of shame and guilt, layers of self-loathing, and the echelon of our enormous egotism. Like the biological soil crust of the desert, our external encrustation should emerge from our unique, authentic expression, espoused by our acceptance Compassion and creativity, our exquisite outer layer, expands our resilience, encourages our growth, embodies our vulnerability, and enhances our relationships with others. We remain tender, but grow more deeply in our kindness, gratitude, patience, and love, maturing into our unbroken best self. So this essay appeared in the Plants and Poetry anthology called Gravity's Grave, Volume 2, The World Beneath Our Feet. So here we have sown our seed of self-love and we are trying to grow through our layers to become and blossom into our best self. So we sow and nurture our seed of self-love. We grow through our dark layers of life stuff into our authentic self. We do our work. However, we are not alone. Each of us grows with others in our garden of life. Partners, spouses, siblings, parents, children, grandchildren, friends, lovers. So many different relationships and so much love. In parts of my life, love still seems out of reach. But over the past 16 years or so, I have sown, nurtured, and grown into my voice an authentic self. I have done lots of soil amending, so to speak. For me, growth has come easier with age and wisdom and experience. Like the old growth mother trees of the mycorrhizal network, 
who lovingly and unconditionally nurture and care for other trees in the stand, we more freely share our love, not just in words, but in actions and deeds. I have learned, like the diversity of the flower species in a garden, there is a diversity in love. Like the vernal pools or the exquisite ephemeral woodland wildflowers, love and life is impermanent. In times of love, grief, loss, and change, I have leaned into nature for support. I will share this essay that I wrote in a time of grief and loss in a relationship, and I leaned in long and hard to process the emotions I was feeling. This essay is titled Companion Planting. In our garden of life, many people come and go. Our interactions with others can be beneficial or detrimental to our well-being, growth, and development. I've always carried a very romanticized view of love and relationships. Only in the last few years have I become to understand and appreciate those who grow nearest to me within the borders of my garden. Like herb and vegetable varieties that may be planted together for mutual benefit, The perennial presence of my closest companions cultivates a clear capacity for collective encouragement, strength, protection, and love. In gardening and agriculture, companion planting is the practice of growing certain plants in close proximity to each other. These garden friends improve intake of nutrients, promote the presence of pollinators, preclude pernicious pests, and bolster biodiversity. Growing gracefully together, these companion plants complement each other. Tomato and basil are savory partners both in and out of the garden. In the kitchen, these two plants mingle together deliciously in a variety of Italian dishes. Alongside each other in the garden, the aromatic basil deters pests from the tomato, allowing the tomato to bear fruit more bountifully. Moreover, many gardeners have noted that neighboring basil brings about a noticeable sweetness in the tomato. Another familial trio in the garden is known as the Three Sisters. The Three Sisters, corn, climbing beans, and squash are plants of agricultural significance for various indigenous groups across North America. For centuries, these three culinary crops have been celebrated in Native American tradition and cultivated together to complement each other, both in and out of the garden. Corn provides the stock to support the climbing beans' vertical growth. As nitrogen fixers, the beans take nitrogen, an essential nutrient for plant growth, from the air and convert it into a form that can be absorbed by the corn and squash roots from the soil. In addition, with taut tendrils twisted lovingly around the corn, the beans provide stability and support to corn in stormy weather. Growing lush and low to the ground, the big leaves of squash shade the ground, retaining moisture in the soil and suppressing weed growth. Outside of the garden, each member of this time-worn triumvirate brings to the table specific vitamins, minerals, and macromolecules to concoct a delicious, nutritionally balanced culinary creation. 
In the landscape of my life, I have cultivated a variety of relationships. My perennial companions are age-old, steadfast, and rooted deeply in trust, loyalty, and love. We expand, mature, and thrive together. We nourish each other with understanding, acceptance, grace, laughter, and joy. Supporting each other in growth, we celebrate the unfolding of our beauty bursting forth from our authentic self. In times of disturbance, we encircle each other tightly to weather our sadness and grief. In recent years, I have tended thoughtfully to an assortment of seasonal relationships. These annual allies settle close to me quickly and spark my passion, generosity, and vulnerability. They sway me to stay in the present moment, share their spirit, and alter my aspect. It is through their ephemeral existence that I renew my purpose and root deeper in my authentic self. Seasons change and it is hard to let go. As I push through the layers of compacted grief and sadness, I acknowledge and honor the wisdom, support, and unconditional love so freely shared by those with whom I have spent time, no matter how brief. I continue to grow in compassion, gratitude, and patience for others, myself, and my journey. So as always, at the end of each episode, I like to share with you a simple practice. How can we deepen our connection to love within nature to find our magic, our voice, our authentic self, our essence? Well, this activity is directed towards tapping into self-love, your voice. So you will need a journal or you can use your phone to record your observations and your thoughts. So here is how you can practice tapping into self-love. So find a flower in full bloom to observe. That shouldn't be too difficult this time of year. They're all popping out. So be silent, be still and be alone. Observe the flower and answer the following questions. So number one is list characteristics of the flower that you love most and why as you're observing it. And then I want you to do the same thing for yourself. List characteristics, let's say two or three, of you that you love most and why. Number two, list one thing the flower does every day to grow. So here we're tapping into our growth mindset. And then you're going to list one thing that you do every day to grow. Number three, you see the flower in full bloom. How do you see yourself in full bloom? Living in the full bloom beauty of your authentic self. So you can write down a couple of things that... You would love to see when you are truly sitting in your essence and living your life from your essence, from your voice. Number four, list two things about this flower for which you are grateful. And number five, list two things you are grateful for in the present moment. So I teach a full 90-minute workshop of finding voice through the language of flowers. If this is a practice 
this practice is something that you would like to dig a little deeper in, you can definitely find details and connect with me on my website, which is www.fromtheoutsidellc.com. So thank you so much for listening, as always. And I encourage you to venture out to your backyard, a local park, a green space near where you work, and spend a few minutes purposefully and intentionally connecting with nature. Use your whole body. Really integrate into your being what you see, smell, hear, and feel. Spend time with those you love or sit in silence, solitude, and stillness. They are important states of being in nurturing our nature connections. Acknowledge nature's wisdom and role in your life. Nature shows us how beautiful and transformative growth can be. Remember, we are all connected to the source of life and each other. With that said, you can connect with me through my website, again, www.fromtheoutsidellc.com or on Instagram at Sarah C underscore outside. Links to podcasts, website, publications, webinars, and all the things can be found there. Visit my website for upcoming classes or class descriptions uh, in the local community, webinars, um, workshops for educational settings, professional development, recovery programs, conferences, or any other group that's interested. As always, please feel free to reach out. I would love to connect. So until next time, take care.